Hello there, I'm Jordan O'Brien and this is the New Leaf Podcast. Joining me for episode 17 of the New Leaf podcast is one of my closest and earliest friends from my time in secondary school. It's Catherine Reid. Welcome to the podcast. That's so cute. <laughs> it is true though, isn't it? I've got a friend. <laughs> I've got one. Yes. One friend. After last year, I've got a friend. Yay! Um, but yes, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for letting me pet your dog. <laughs> I know that's the the most asked request from guests coming on is, can I see the dog, please? She should be your assistant. Could you imagine that, though? Yeah, we'd be on the floor with the mics. Yeah. <laughs> Upside down with the mics. Just heavy panting and slabbers everywhere. And that's before <laughs> Sky comes in. That's just me. <laughs> Out of breath. Uh, she should be though. Yeah, but she came in here for two minutes and already half of her fur is lying all over the floor. I have half of her fur on my jumper and I'm going to go home and get into a lot of trouble with the rest oh, of them. Honestly, it is a struggle. Any pet owners out there will know the hassle of like trying to brush yourself down before leaving the house. Home bargains, 89p, whatever they are, lint rollers. The lint rollers. Just get... Are an absolute godsend. Yeah, just get 10 of them. The amount of times I used to stand like in a starfish position with dad and Jody and mum would come in with the roller look at the state of his all you are all furry <laughs> no, I was nearly swearing there but like look at the state of his all you are all covered in hair up and down up and down and then rolls his sellotape around your hand the sellotape as well you have to do that to unstick yourself oh my word it's a nightmare and like you said before we came on the colour black is just ruined no put black pillows on the bed yeah gone they're, they're really there's like a fur effect now it's just <laughs> furry fluffy effect you never would have thought that when you bought it as no, well that they no. could attract so much hair i'm just gonna bring it back to ikea and just ask them can i can i display this <laughs> but no um you're here in the podcast now and before we came on air and started recording i was saying you know this is the first time in probably over a year we've actually sat down and spoken to each other we haven't seen each other in over a year and if we did we were passing and work and things like that and it sort of made me think when was the last time you sat down and had like a conversation with someone because it's so rare you know coffee places were closed and you couldn't really go outside and socialize and stuff so it's nice that you can now start to do things like that i know i think the last time for me like a, a proper sit down and it wasn't even proper because you're still going in and you're queuing and you're well you queue everywhere but you know you've got the distancing and your masks on and it doesn't feel real but it was probably with Lauren when she came home and it was only like 45 minutes to an hour sitting in Costa and that was probably it that was in December and then it's back to the normality of just talking to the people inside the four walls of your house and that's it the same conversations over and over again yeah. Yeah. My bedroom's now my house, my living space. <laughs> full stop. It, it, it has everything you need. I'd, oh, just my bed. Yeah. 
damage anything and we're fine, we're flying. Stick a cat beside me and we're good. We'll just watch and occasionally go to the kitchen, but I have a wee lunchbox beside me. Same in this house as well, you know. You've lived with these, in, in my case, you know, I've lived in this house for over 20 years and like this past year, I don't think we've ever seen each other. We're always in each other's little bubble. Dad'll be in his room, Judy in hers, me in the living room and we'll maybe see each other for 20 minutes at dinner time and that's it. Yeah, that is about it. I've forgotten what they look like. I, the only the only way you can tell when people are home is by their footsteps coming up the stairs. Yeah. I swear to you. That's, that's the only reason or someone I can in, tell you hear the back door close and you know by the way it closes who by it is. By the slam? Yeah. 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 That's so true actually. Front yeah. door as well in my house there's a you can tell whenever people are coming home. Isn't it so strange how you can just identify people? Yeah. From their by like those walks. Yeah. Like I know if I'm sitting in the living room and I hear someone thundering up the stairs it's Judy. <laughs> I do their movements and if there's somebody over so you know when to come out of your room and when not to come out of your room. You yeah. Know? So you can tell it's like that's a that's a stranger. So you're either here to murder me, <laughs> or you're here because Dad's doing your your taxes or something. Do you know, <laughs> it's one of the other option. You're here now, so it's only been the second option, thankfully. Yeah, true. But yeah, you, you've you've managed to survive what's been a sort of difficult year, year and a bit for everyone. Um, and you're recently back to work now as well. So how have you found those? few couple of weeks where you're trying to get yourself back into the routine of getting up and going to a job on one hand I can say oh yeah it's nice it's nice to get back into a routine and there's some sort of normality but truthfully it has sucked <laughs> not because of work and, and what it is but you see this whole are we aren't we are we allowed to do this are we not allowed to do this it is just becoming so frustrating for me. I first lockdown was, you know, it was okay. You had to just stay in your house, and everything was set in stone. And then the recent one was okay because again, set in stone, or you could go out and do a couple of things. But see, all the, can I go to this place? Can I go to the bar? Is that open? And you'll have conversations with people who'll say, oh yeah, we've got a wedding with, you know, 140, 150 people. You're like, are you allowed to? do that and you don't know what you're doing and it's starting to get really confusing and then going back to work and not knowing if you have things to look forward to has it has sucked yeah go to your place of work finish come home that's it yeah what do you do because by the time as well sometimes when you get home and say you want to go out for a drink you want to go to the the bar it could be too late by the time you get home it could be too late because they do they close early I don't even know if I Well, I, I was out last week and I think it must have been about a quarter to twelve. We got a taxi home from Belfast and the bar was still open at that point. I think they're open at one o'clock. Oh, well, that's not too bad. Yeah. But it is just, and then you don't know if you're going to get in and do those things. So you kind of don't really have a whole lot to look forward to. Well, pers- like that's a personal thing. So yeah, that's honestly back to work sucked. <laughs> yeah, it's like... um. There's a lot of different things that people are looking forward to, not necessarily going out, but like going and doing things. Yeah, actually doing things. Yeah, you know, being productive and, you know, being active and climbing a mountain or going for a beach walk along the promenade or, you know, 
different sort of outdoorsy things that over these last 18 months that we sort of done a lot more than we probably would have ever. If everything had carried on as normal, I don't think I would have done half the stuff that I've done, <laughs> that's included. Well, that's true. Like, it's, it's amazing what you sit and think about in your sort of little boredom moments and go, yeah, do you know what? I'll fancy doing that. Yeah, to be fair, Donard. <laughs> yeah. Donard was on that list. Yeah, well, I haven't done Donard. I climbed uh, Binion. Binion's great. Oh, yeah. Yes. A, a few months that. back and... I think I got halfway up and regretted it. <laughs> but I had to keep I, going. I feel like I know which point you're talking about. When you get to the the flat bit before you go up. Before the incline. Yes, that's yep. okay. And there's the wee gap in the wall that you can crawl under. Yes. Yeah, that was that was what I was going for when I went up it. That was my end goal. And then you realise that you actually have to get up yeah. under the rock. Yeah, because it was quite a cloudy day once we got up. So we, anyone who's climbed Slave Binion, there's like a little wall and it's sort of like in a little semicircle. So there's two peaks, one either side. But I didn't see the second one because it was covered in clouds. So I looked at the small one and went, that's not actually too bad. And then the guys I was with turned around and went, no, no, it's behind you. And seen it disappearing into the cloud and went, oh my good Lord. And it, it is almost like a vertical incline. It's like a horror movie reveal. Yeah. I got told I was going for a walk. I didn't realise I had to climb no. halfway up. Yeah, yeah. You have to learn. I've learned from mistakes. If you're going up, even if it is just a short incline, just to not tell people you're going for a walk. Just, just say you're going for a hike. I was and expecting... And let people be prepared. I've got in trouble for that before. Yeah, I was expecting it to be like... People have said to me before, oh, we'll go for a walk and we've done Davis and Black Mountain. Which is a relatively tough walk, but it's not it's not a climb. If you go up round and look over Belfast and stuff, you can easily walk that and it's nice yes, and it's comfortable. One. Yeah. Getting to the sleeve binion and then I'm literally having to rock climb up the side of one of the morns. I did not sign up for this <laughs> whatsoever. The worst part about that is if you're parking at Anawong Valley, you park in the little car park at the bottom. The walk from the car park to the gate to get in to actually climb is worse. Yeah, like so many like little places out in the country that you never would have given a second thought mm -hmm. and suddenly you go there and think, oh, this is actually fantastic. And it's literally, literally on our doorsteps for us all to do all like these adventure walks and explore the countryside and like parks even down around Rhiannon's area you know Dungannon Park and Park and Orr and there's quite a few popular walks there you never would have thought to travel there never I'd have been easy just sitting in front of the TV and not doing anything on a Saturday afternoon fingers crossed we're like jinxing it look like we are on the other side of this and we're able to look wow. forward and get out and stuff and enjoy ourselves a bit more. I sincerely hope so because I'm sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> just sick it's of just it. an absolute pain at this point. It, like I think I think everyone's patience is just worn it is. thin. It's wearing thin because of spending so long knowing and accepting that there is nothing that you can do and coming to terms with that to then 
keep receiving all this different information from all these different sources about what you can do and what you can't do and it just wears you out if you you're allowed to you know sit in a bar whatever that's fine you're not allowed live music entertainment but don't worry if you want a storyteller or a poet that's fine what's that about what is that about? and the thing is i read that that might not even be true because you don't know what to believe yeah you don't know what and it is it just wears your patience so thin i would love to know if there is someone out there that would go to a nightclub now because someone is going to be belted out Seamus Heaney. <laughs> career options. So if, if you're out there with an English degree and you're struggling for a career path, get on the Seamus, hit limelight, and you can be talking about picking blackberries until the day is gone. I, I, don't, I don't even think you're about slam poetry, because that might be too. Oh my worst, could you imagine? It's just poetry. There's nothing wrong with poetry. Poetry's lovely. But I don't want to down my pint with a... With the same rendition in the background. So now that now that live music is banned and stuff like that, karaoke bars become open mic poetry nights, and people are steaming and they get up and go, roses are red, violets are blue, barkeep Jaeger bombs, I'll have two. <laughs> to be fair, that could actually be really quite fun. Now that I'm talking about it, might start a poetry night. Will you just get a load of drunk people? And drunk just poetry. Tell them to write words down. And go. It, it would be like Mad Libs on another level. You put two drunk fellas opposite each other on the stage <laughs> and actually just ask them to have a conversation. That would be. And record it. And record it. There you go. You've got yourself a couple of sonnets there. <laughs> you could have it over playing over the speakers all day. Oh my word. Do you know what? We're onto something here. Yeah. Nobody steal this idea. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm, I'm capitalising on this now. Limelight. Filthy's Boneyard, if anyone's listening. <laughs> Open mic poetry night is what you need. Or I'll give liquor the rights to it, they can have it. But there, there's our new career path, so if anyone wants to send in some poetry for next week's, <laughs> and I'll read them out before we start. But you have to have several units of alcohol before you can submit your answer. No specifications on the alcohol. I've yeah. got the, the Chang fridge magnet on the fridge, <laughs> and it's one of the ones where it's a bottle... And it's obviously just water in it. You'd have to open it to find out. Exactly. And I've really been putting off doing that. <laughs> it's a good bottle of Just water. to find out. That, that brings back nice memories for you from all your travels to Thailand. I can't remember how many times you've been, but... Three now. Yeah. Been three times. Um, did the relaxing island the first time. And then the party island the second time. And then mainland the third time couple of years ago and oh uh, yes it's honestly it's just the best place and did they all differ from each other yeah. in terms oh, of what they offered so, yeah. yeah i mean we went to coast Mui and we got these wee villas and they were all like all small villas in a complex and you had your own pool and like the beach and stuff was private to the complex so it was really relaxing but sometimes you know phuket was just amazing yeah. if you're ever going to thailand that's the place you need to go you will have so much fun and it's just madness and they have everything and you will just have so much fun and everybody is so friendly and then you know you go to wahin and it's not really a beach place everywhere's really different i just wouldn't recommend bangkok 
I, is, I it just, is it just too busy? And It's not so much that it's busy, because it's always moving, and that's not the problem. But, you know, you'll get in, you always get a tuk-tuk, yeah. and you'll get that around the place. And, you know, we got in one day and said, take us to the shopping centre, you know, we'd like to go to the shopping centre, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, okay, first we're going to go to a suit store, and they take you around. They kind of really rely on tourists to boost their suit businesses and they take you to places that you don't want to be and sometimes it can be quite annoying and just other than the few good streets it, just Bangkok wasn't really the place that I enjoyed but the hotels are lovely yeah. and it's absolutely beautiful to look at if you're up, up high but yeah it's a highly recommended country but I feel like a lot of people have have done it or are doing it more people heading out to Asia, places like Thailand especially. Bali is another one that everyone wants to go to. Oh, don't. Um, I to be there last year. <laughs> I'm sorry to bring it up. So that's, that's just a real kick. Yeah, but like all those places, even you know over to Hong Kong where Daphne was the, the third person of this trio, of us two and her, <laughs> the works trio, um, and, and travelling all around Southeast Asia I think has a lot more appeal now because not many people have done it and no. people now realise it actually is gorgeous the most beautiful places see all the te- I have to say now Bangkok is beautiful for things like temples and the reclining Buddha is so insane to look at like uh, architecture would you know be number one on my list of things that I'm interested in but I can appreciate a good looking Building. A good looking building, a good looking building. They're just Buddha. so beautiful. It's so nice to look at, and the fruit's always really fresh as well. Yeah. That might be a weird one, but you know when you go on a holiday and you just you want to have that. Like there's a stall and you see, yeah, or like an orange. Yeah, and it, they're, it is, they're really good. One of the things that I find I still do now is smiling at people, and all they see is just your eyes squinting. A <laughs> <laughs> customer will come up to the store and you go, smile but they just think like you're yawning or something you can just train your voice to sound like you're to make it sound like you're smiling and you're happy but your face just doesn't yeah move. it doesn't change or like anytime i can yawn and work or like i've got something in my teeth i don't have to worry about that anymore because i can just hide it behind this piece of cloth i don't know what's gonna happen when we don't have to wear them anymore uh, you'll be sitting on the bus and you'll be like cleaning your teeth with your tongue and people will just be looking at you everyone's gonna look like they're on some form of drug. <laughs> Everything's just gonna look really weird. You're gonna forget like facial etiquette. Completely. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> how how strange is it though that like this time last year, I was one of the people that sort of laughed at things like this, like masks, like the, the typical customer this time last year, you know, coming in with like three layers of gloves and face shield, face mask and sanitising their gloves. Some people didn't sanitise their gloves and I would love to know, are they magic gloves? Do they not carry anything on the surface? Oh, don't. You know people that still like cough over their hand, but it's okay because it's a magic white glove. Or yes, gardening the, gloves. the glove covers it, but... Um, they still touch everything with it. Don't touch those things, child, but let me put my hand all over these products and then into my handbag to get my purse and I'll pay for it and then whenever I go home and take my gloves off I'll probably take my purse out to make sure I've got you know my car parking money for the next day and I'm just gonna touch everything that I decided I didn't want to earlier yeah 
gloves to me are the most pointless things that a day-to-day -day person can wear because there's absolutely no chance you're changing your gloves after every place you walk into and then you have to take them off and wash your hands and, and if you're out shopping where are you going to be able to do that and then do you take them off to take your purse out of your bag the best one i have seen is a woman had just one solitary fingertip of a rubber glove like a, like a washing glove that she took out of her bag to put on her finger to use the pin pad that is fantastic. Could you explain the concept of contactless fingers? <laughs> it's like 30 What's quid. Satisfying? 30 quid, go ahead over your card. She puts like, like this little slither that she... So somewhere at home, someone's doing the washing up with a finger missing <laughs> off the glove. That's it. That's how they get it. That's uh, them done for. Yeah. Oh, my word. Ugh. That poor person washing the dishes has to like physically touch the food just because mm. you don't want to touch a pin. Like I understand. Like I would clean mine down. What, your gloves? No, the, 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 the pin pad and stuff. You know, when people use the contact, or the, yeah. the, the pin. Um, but the majority of the time, people are using Apple Pay or contactless, so they don't even need to touch it. Have I'm you not... seen the video of the guys deep cleaning the train in Scotland? No, but I can imagine. It's I like, e it's like every time um, they finish with a carriage, they're supposed to like sanitise it. And the guy's literally going along with the duster and hitting the seat and hitting the railings and just sort of patting it down gently you know like when you go along and your mum says clean the counter and you just swipe everything with the kitchen towel yeah under the floor that's essentially what he's doing clean done but where are these guys getting paid to do that Actually, next and that's that's one thing that it's probably been a little bit difficult trying to add that on top of your normal job mm -hmm. like or just everyday life like it like in retail in one day i can be a shelf packer, a baker, a cleaner. I I can be tills. I can count money, and you know a load of different things as well. You know the the go to guy for asking questions, the heavy lifter, all these little different things, on top of having to be like a sanitizing officer, <laughs> and the yeah. person that comes along and brushes and cleans everything, on top of all the extra cleaning we already have to do. See if you're going to make people sanitise their hands every time they go into a shop. That's obviously a good idea. Please, stop making it smell bad. Just use normal <laughs> sanitizer. I don't want to smell tequila at 10 o'clock in the morning. Where was it that got really, really bad? Was it Ikea last year? Yes, yes. Ikea hand sanitizer was... Pure tequila. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. They can say whatever they want. That was pure tequila. We were standing in the queue. It was like going to your death. You would, you would, because obviously you had to stand and wait to get in, and they were only letting you know one in, one out. And there were a group of women in front of us, and there were groups in front of them. And everybody went up. You couldn't hear what they were saying. You couldn't hear what they were talking about. But everybody had that same reaction that you just knew something bad was coming. And then you see the people in front smelling it. And you know when someone does something and they tell you not to do it, so you do it. It's one of those situations. And it's just a train of people smelling tequila. If I had been hungover, we would have been out of that shop. <laughs> it was just, it was like an open bar. I'd just go in with a glass and fill it up. You could. If you drank that, it would have no other problems other than you were drinking tequila. <laughs> but it, it's so strange. Like, why, why can they not make it? Like, you know, with things like 
sanitizing wipes and everything you know you can have like a lemon scented you know and add like a little aroma to it to make it not as bad why can't they just do that why do you have to smell like a brewery because they've now had to produce it in such a large amount in bulk and the actual quality is being compromised because of it so the effectiveness of half the sanitizers that they're spraying on you you just know they're not working. You're getting no protection. You just have to smell funny <laughs> for the entire walk. You spend, I could lose what I was actually going in for into a shop because I'm spending that much time smelling my <laughs> Yeah, you're like, I need to get out of here and wash my hands because this is disgusting. <laughs> Every time. There's the argument of bring your own sanitizer, but you know, sometimes you forget to do that. Yeah. And then you have to deal with some book of hands. Yes. <laughs> the whole way around the rest of the shop going, that just reminds me of a bad out night out when I was 16 it is yeah. this is a spar up at what do you call that Thaxton yeah there there so they've got so much pain to do on there I go talk to Owen about this <laughs> their sanitizer there'll be times we'll I'll arrive there and go I, I can't go in because the guy's standing at the door he sprays you oh he's got you marked he has you marked he's good at his job he's got the trigger finger ready to yeah there you go. he knows what he's doing you don't get past him without your hands being sprayed when he's not there that's okay I'll get some petrol <laughs> I'm just going to sit here if you're probably safer me. actually just getting the petrol and putting it onto your hands I know and it'll smell probably better nicer. yeah nicer. it'll smell nicer I'll feel safer okay. got a really small problem in the middle of a big pandemic okay yeah but we got to start at the bottom and work our way to the top yeah. <laughs> so we're going to start there Rome wasn't built in the day it was not nope it's it's the small things that matter so ikea spar anywhere else just sort your smells out your hand sanitizer out who's organizing the first poetry night that's that's everything that we can take away (laughs) (laughs) drunk poetry hand sanitizer we we've really went off topic from what i had written down here that's fine if you ever want to meet someone to procrastinate (laughs) shall we jump back on track so yeah, so you you finished your, you finished your undergrad degree in. It was two thousand and nineteen. Yeah. yeah. Two years ago. Nearly two years ago, yeah. And, um, and since then, you've just been waiting to go back because you haven't been able to attend university. Oh well, no, no, I never planned. I only planned in the last couple of months that I was actually gonna go back and spend. And you had you set out a plan of what you want to do. And then obviously everything has to change. Yeah. So it was a I really wanted to save my money in two thousand nineteen, the rest of it, and then do like a wee bit of travelling or something last year, grand, um, and then come back and settle and look for a career. Obviously, you know that didn't happen. So we did a f- few wee filmy projects and stuff like that. And then the more I realised, the more people talked about it around me, I didn't have the passion. For film that I thought no. that I had. Because I always, I always knew you through school and like you were always doing like little film projects and we had a chat last week when I seen you and I, I was shocked when you told me that you didn't really have an interest for it. I always just assumed that that was one of like your passions and hobbies. It was, it was more so go to uni and do all that and then I would come home and I would do something like problem solving or crime documentaries which I always thought were just a really big hobby and I realised that that's exactly what I'm built for not built 
can't work on set with people the, the some people in the industry or I just find it really difficult to to work with some people and mm -hmm. then you've got like obviously Finn that's his career he talks about it so passionately he loves it that's great good for you but half the time I, that's not it doesn't interest me so yeah criminology and criminal justice is 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 not the new adventure thing. you know when you were younger and people asked you what you wanted to be whenever you were older and you said you wanted to be something really crazy that's essentially where i'm at right now except it means something <laughs> Rather, rather than four-year-old Catherine saying you wanted to do this and the yeah. teacher's getting pretty scared already from the start, just keep an eye out on this child. I'm not becoming a princess, am I? So yeah. I will have to go for the next best thing. <laughs> criminal justice law. Be a criminal justice lawyer. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is different from what I obviously knew you to be, well, what I thought you were interested in, but turned out you just done it because you were good at it. Well, there was always two sides. I just didn't I needed to try it. The thing was, if I had done criminology back then, I'd be sat here going, what was film like? Because yeah. there are things mm. that you can do. You know, filming weddings, and we've got Chris's sister's wedding coming up, doing those. They're great fun. Love doing those. I think it's the on set and also... Like production side of production, things, yeah. Yeah, and the competitiveness and competition within the industry as well on trying to succeed and you always have to know someone yeah and if you're at the bottom you're really at the bottom and i know you got to work your way up but some of the the way that you're treated in some cases and i've no examples i don't want to write about any company but some of the ways that you're treated and expected to work the way that they want you to work which can sometimes be almost bullying yeah just just because you're the new girl on the scene and that seems to be the way that you get treated if you are the yeah, new it's person. Just yeah, it's the cross. Not everywhere. Yeah. It's like, oh no, like if you love it, that's great. It just wouldn't. It, I just decided. That it wasn't for you. That it wasn't for me. No. Because I know that you know, your auntie is involved with TV and production. Yeah. And that's, would that be fair to say where you got your sort of early interests from? Yeah, well, it's main, it was mainly around production. If I ever do any film projects, I would always be the one to organise, you know, make the lists to organise everyone and just basically round everyone up. You're like the mummy of the group. Do the organisation, but the actual filming or the sound was always somebody else's yeah. interest. So I was very happy to to do all basically the writing you're more like an on-set supervisor and yeah, a script yeah. writer kind of thing yeah script right loved script writing but the actual doing what you you know the physical aspects of that it, it just wasn't something yeah. that i was interested in still enjoy it don't get me wrong but it's the making a career out of it that's changed you, you probably experienced something very similar to what i did as well like i was very passionate about history going through school and absolutely loved it and still love it now but it took me to go away and try and do a degree in it to realise that I wasn't actually interested in this particular area Yeah. and you know fell out of love for certain things and like my eventual career path was to go on to be a teacher but to get to that stage you would have to go through so many different 
hopes of learning about stuff that genuinely I just don't care about. <laughs> and that's so good if you are passionate about it, but if you're not, then you shouldn't have to yeah. push up through. That's the big thing. It's around this age group as well. You get to this age where you're basically, the majority of people are at the starting line to kind of essentially the rest of their lives. Yeah, fi- figuring out what they're going to be doing for the next 20, 30 years. At all. So that's why I just sat down and I was like, right, I'm not going to continue with something that I'm just teetering with. Yeah, you know, you're, you're good really at but you don't enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, you would rather go into something that has your level of interest because if you, if you enjoy it and you are passionate about it, you will put more into it. Exactly, exactly. No, completely 100% great with that as well. So again, a switching career path, but... You know, even even at our age, you know, it's still very early. And the fact that you're not really as far behind as, say, someone who, you know, from 17 or 18 has been interested in that. Maybe as you get older and hit your 30s, you know, going into your 40s, it's very difficult then to switch over and jump into something completely different. But people still do. Yeah. Like, people do. And that's fine. It's just a real, like... There's an amount of pressure put on people to just do one thing and work towards one thing, and there's no freedom in it. It's the freedom. It's the structure of everything, and you have to you have to go to work so you can do this, so you can get a house, and then you can have a family. It's an awful lot of commitment to have from an early age. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're at the age where you're starting to actually have to think about all those things and then you have, you realise. But then there are people who, like, you know, Bethany wanted to teach. Yeah. And she still wants to teach. And she's a teacher. That's great. Worked out so well. And then you've got people who start off with something that they, at the time, thoroughly enjoy doing and then they want to change it. And that's so fine yeah. as well. Because realistically, nobody cares. Only you care. Yeah. Like, I when I went to uni... Um, our first year was like a mixture of subjects so I done history English media studies and psychology and my best subject over the year was psychology there you go you realised I got 90% overall across the year in that module uh, across all assessments and stuff and it, it wasn't until I started doing it that I had an interest in it. And then halfway through the second year where I was sort of debating whether to come home or whether to transfer to a new course and stuff, one of the ones I had thought about was going and doing a psychology degree. Um, and it's still something that, you know, who, who knows in the future that I might go and do again. Or um, another one at the university was um, football coaching and development. And looking at the analyzing side of sport then another one recently is like mental health nursing and counseling so there's again as i'm going through i'm picking up things that i never would have thought about before but suddenly when i read into it i discover i have an interest for it and have like a little knack for it too so at some point a 40 year old jordan might head up to korean campus for a few years but there's ne- there's never a wrong time to go do what you want to do. Yeah. Like my, my best friend from my university days, Steve, he was 32 when he started university. Uh, there in, is no... There's in aeronautical engineering or something like that. 
And did he do it? Did he go in? He's still there now, yeah. There you go. I'm sure he's loving it. Or yep. maybe he's hating it. Uh, he's glad that he did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a job that pays well for him at the end of the day. That's really it. And that's Once he gets out of it. For him. Exactly. And so, that, if that's your sort of motivation in life, you know, money or whatever, work away. You do, you can. Essentially, that's just that's just my motto. Yeah. Just do what you want. Do what you want, because it's not. Yeah, and and I would be like that too. It's not me at the end of the day. So why should I really? Yeah. Care too much Who about it. Who are you impressing? Who are you trying to, you know? Win over here. Make it look like you're doing good for who? Who is it? And that was not worded in English, but I feel like I got the point. <laughs> I don't no. know what language I. Just I I know what there. you mean as well. Um. No, I I completely know what point you're coming from there um but yeah just it is never too late to fully decide what it is you want to do you know there's there's no wrong time to, to realize and I, and I think it's important that people don't put pressure on themselves that much to make such a, a quick decision even if you are still in your teens or early 20s as well um I think that's one of the, the, the things I would point out as well, like this this week um is mental health awareness week. And just while we're on the subject of like, you know, not putting pressure on yourselves and the the things that we went through these past sort of fourteen, fifteen months with COVID as well, is that it hasn't just had a physical impact on people, it's the mental strain that a lot of people have suffered with and even beyond all this, will continue to suffer with. Mm-hmm. It's really bad. It's really bad. There's only so much I think anyone can cope with before it gets to a breaking point and you actually start to notice a difference in yourself. And that's true. That's like from a personal perspective, you start to notice maybe declines in yourself that you never would have previously picked up on and there's just not a lot at the minute that you feel like you can do other than try and get out maybe and do something that you enjoy or talk to people do you know yeah one of the things that with samantha on the last episode that we chatted about was you know suddenly not having an interest in the things that you enjoy most and I find myself over the past year whether it be work or hobbies that I enjoyed finding myself at times going oh, I don't really want to or days where I was lying in bed thinking I don't really want to get up and do anything you know but also I can't just lie here and do yeah nothing. yeah and then just saying you know I, I can't I can't just sit here I need to get up and do something and pushing myself through that to then go out for a walk or, you know, go to the driving range or just do something for an hour at least that day. So the day is not a complete write-off. But there have been really, really difficult days and difficult weeks these past 13 or 14 months that I haven't wanted to do anything. Mm-mm. And I've sort of succumbed to it and sat there and either wallowed in self-pity because I'm out of shape or you know well that's the thing you know all grieving the... and different things too yeah but it's like a culmination of things on, on your low days they're really low days but I make sure that 
on the days where I'm enjoying myself, uh, I really do. Yeah, it's where all your your personal insecurities decide to to rear yeah. their heads, and it has. But I think, to be honest, this year has been particularly bad in terms of having to deal with another period of being locked up after having that taste of freedom and then for it to just be dragged along so far and you're still reading the same things as you were reading last year and you're just stuck in this constant loop where now essentially you're waking up you're going to work you're going out you're doing whatever you're coming home and you're going to bed it's like groundhog day it is it is like groundhog day and it is really difficult to bring yourself out of that yeah whenever previously that would have been fine you would have maybe had that issue but now it has everything's just been very heavy yeah i think that the second lockdown in particular i think was the more difficult one for people because we had the first one and it was the summer months and you know the weather was good you fast forward to end of december hitting the new year when most people would be like setting their goals and stuff like that and people sit down and go well actually i don't have anything to aim for at the minute because there is nothing mm-hmm. and you've got the the dark nights and you're sitting thinking oh i wish i could do this and you start to again feel sorry for yourself and mm-hmm. in, in some aspects as well and it's that whole pathetic fallacy that we learned about in school the weather's miserable and suddenly you become miserable as well because of your surroundings and yeah. like January up until April was so difficult for me on a personal level like really really tough to, to battle through um, and obviously we're still having to work yeah, as well and not really having any proper time off and if you are taking a week off all you're doing is just sitting in the house and doing nothing uh, and, and, and that's all you can do yeah, yeah. Um, we're now getting to a stage where pubs and restaurants are beginning to open yes a limited capacity and what they can offer but it's still something yeah and cinemas. other escapes I do you know what travel yeah just being able to go somewhere and enjoy things with like loved ones and family too I think so you have this idea that there's light at the end of the tunnel, we're going to come out of this, right? And people can cling on to that, that's fine. You know, obviously there's truth to it. So if that's what keeps you going, that's great. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Personally, it's got to the point now where that's a load of crap to me. I just want something to actually look forward to. Yeah. And, you know, even if it was in months time, well, you know, hopefully Vegas in August, booked and... So that is something that you've got to look forward to. So you can work towards it. So you can say, oh, I'm having I'm having a really bad day in work or I'm having a really down day, but I've got something good to look forward to. Yeah, in a month or two, you know, I'll be able to go away on holiday and enjoy myself. Whether it is that or whether you're, you know, you're say you're working through the week or you've just had a really tough day and you're like, oh, but it's okay because I'm going to the cinema with, you know, my friend or whatever on Thursday. I've got that to look forward to. But I think the problem is that there's so much uncertainty with everything anyway that it just goes into your head and it can manipulate you in such a way that it just puts a cloud over you 
constantly. Yeah. And you find yourself being this miserable person that you know that you're not, or maybe you are, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, sometimes. Yeah. But you find yourself being this miserable person that you start to resent, but you don't, you can't do anything to get out of it. So you're just going around in a wee sad circle. And it's hard to, it's just hard to break out of it. Yeah, like I find there was periods where I would be elated and, and joyful and then next week I can go into work and I could be the most miserable man on the planet and hate everything and oh, they didn't do this and getting grumpy over that yep. and small things in particular irking me and having like a very short fuse for people. I know is down to grieving but there's nothing I can do. That's just how I am some days and then other days, you know, everything's fine, everything's happy, birds are singing, sun's out, and then the next minute it's like a cloud suddenly comes over my head, shuts out all light, and then I'm back down to being miserable too. It's just a process. It's just mood swings, yeah. Yeah, that you could never prepare for. Yeah. And that you just have to take day by day, but to acknowledge that you are aware of it is a really good thing. Yeah. To be able to say that, that you know you're doing it, and actually be able to open up about it is a really yeah healthy thing. One of the one of the things I always want people to take away from these episodes is that you know you you can sit down and chat with anyone about it, and you know you don't have to be like me and record it every week and put it out there. You know you can do it with a family Bring member. Some weird girl. <laughs> <laughs> sit and talk about just to sit in the corner and talk thing. about drunk poetry. <laughs> But you can sit down with anyone, and I mean anyone, that you feel comfortable with. There might there might be someone that you think that you can approach. Just do it. There, there should be no fear in it whatsoever because the strongest thing you can do is admit to someone that there is an issue. Because once you do that, then someone else is there to help you and it suddenly no longer becomes a, a battle between you and your mind, it can be that one person, those two people, those ten people that you've opened up to, mm-hmm. are all in your corner, helping you along and giving you the support that you need. And I think that is so critical these, these few months that we've all needed to stick together, and you've seen that people have, and like the support people have as well. And on a personal note for me, people I maybe wouldn't have spoken to for a couple of years, you know, reaching out and seeing how I am and, you know, okay, some some people you wonder do they genuinely mean it or not, but the fact that they've even taken the time to message you that speaks Actually, a whole somehow. lot more, yeah. And I think it's, it's something that we need to promote more. And I think it is something that is, you know, getting out there that you can talk to someone who feels like a stranger to you in a, in a certain scenario that you're going through but you never know you might say to someone that oh I'm feeling down because of this and they might have went through the exact same thing and you don't know it and suddenly knowing that someone else has went through that pain and has come out the other side can lift you all of a sudden I, even before knowing anything and yeah. well yeah there have obviously been people who you don't 
you don't know much about their lives, but on the surface, you know, obviously it looks really good. Yeah. Everybody knows that exists, and on the surface things look good below, things aren't great. Yeah. But when they come forward about it, it is nice to see. Yeah. But then there are certain people, like I, I personally, like to deal with my problems myself. Yeah. I'll talk about small problems with people, but actual problems, I actually prefer to keep to myself. Yeah. So, I, the actual, like I, I wouldn't even reach out to someone, which is bad. It's bad. I wouldn't say that's healthy. Yeah. And you should do it. But I know personally, and if anybody else is the exact same way, not yeah. to feel weird about it because you don't want Th- there's, to. There's a sort of like, there's a determination in someone to power through it on their own. Like, it could be something as silly. Like, say you're building a set of furniture from Ikea or Shelvin. Someone asks you, do you want to hand it? No, I'll do it on my own. That kind of yeah. pride that you try and take of yeah. all. But sometimes y- you do have to admit that you need help. Not admit defeat, but I needed to admit help. There, there, yes. There's a difference there as well. Um, But yeah, I remember like an occasion in school when you know, you and your family went through a period where your, your mum wasn't well. And I remember you telling me that. And I like... Made, not made it my mission but I did but at every other turn I was just making sure that you were okay yeah because cause I, I knew that you know it was good. like I had a similar instance with when my grandmother wasn't well and like I had seen it from that personal side of things so I just made sure that you in particular if I seen anything it felt like you were a little bit sort of different from before I made sure that I could do it whether it was you know Stand up in class and shouting something and making you laugh. <laughs> or like running around the corner. Just to make you Yeah, itchy exactly. Woman. Something so stupid just to make sure you were okay. Cause well, we tend, in our family at least, you could go through the worst things. We're going to laugh at you for it. Yeah. It's, and it was all, it's all very, very much a get on with it type situation. I mean, us at least, we wouldn't be the whole around the table and pray and yeah you know oh my god love you and it's that's fine that's so fine what's more we like to keep things light-hearted and humorous our, in that way our families would be the same yeah. humor is such a f- humor fantastic tool like it it's got us through these difficult periods in our family you know adjusting to life with like mom but like for three or four days and then around the funeral I don't think I've laughed as much and that might sound bad to someone no it makes it it, it is like, a way of people dealing with it yeah and even now you post on Facebook what you, you post the sunbathing one that had me in stitches yeah you're the, the, sunbathing yeah things like that or there was another one that came up a couple of weeks ago which was um I always used to, as soon as mum said something, it was straight on Twitter or Facebook because I thought it was the most brilliant thing she's, she's ever come out with. Character. But one of the things that she came out with was um, Northern Ireland were playing international games and they came up against the Faroe Islands. So the Faroe Islands are just off the coast of Iceland. So they do fall in Europe. Uh-huh. Oh no. But mum was convinced, and I mean to the point where she knew no different that the Faroe Islands you, you can see where this is going where the Faroe Islands were Egyptian players and they just had pharaohs on them yeah and it was okay. pharaoh spelt like 
Toot, like Tutankhamun. With a wee P-H. Yeah. With a Paharua, whatever yeah. it's spelled. But yeah, she was utterly convinced that the Faroe Islands, we were playing Egyptians. <laughs> That's a good, that was a good way of thinking. It was a logical guess. It was logical. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, sound the same to me. But there you go. You've got that and that's yeah. potentially sort of uh, and, and, and those little like stupid stories that we always chat about but as a somebody family. Else, if you had somebody else who was on, say, your Facebook or your Instagram, whenever you're posting that or even when you're talking about it and someone's finding it difficult to maybe cope with a loss and they don't know how to, they may see that and that may help them and they might do the same thing. You know, if they've lost a, a parent or grandparent, they may realise that sometimes like smelling's okay, yeah. laughing's okay, remembering the good times. It doesn't yeah. all have to be guilt and sorrow. And, and yeah, and just people grieve in their own ways. Yeah. There's no right way to do it. But there's your own way. There's there's your own way and yeah. you know, there may be wrong ways. But there's there's no right way to do it and I think that's what's so difficult whenever yeah. it actually happens is you don't know I think there's just there's specific ways that are a lot healthier in terms of like your physical and your mental health yeah you know some people unfortunately get into things like alcohol or substance yes. abuse those are you know again that's the specific person's way of getting through it but it is in no, no way it's a, it's, a, it's a wrong yeah. way but that, but that can be helped the same with anything else too, you know. And the, and there are people out there. And there are, organizations that offer so much help. But yeah, I think I think it's important that no matter, what what it is that people are going through. And whatever way they are dealing with it. The most important thing that I always emphasize is you don't have to do it on your own, and I know there's people like you mentioned yourself will always do it on their own and that's just their natural born sort of way of dealing with things but if you're like that and you're sort of debating whether to ask for help or not ask because it's far better yeah. having one or two people there to help you through it rather than do that on your own yeah because you can have that sort of narrow not narrow minded but that sort of tunnel vision of you only see the problem this way but it's someone more, else can see it from a completely different angle. It's more the idea of knowing that, because I know that I, you know, say I had a problem, I know that I could speak to somebody about it, right? I know that I could. I just don't want to. Not, I don't feel like I can. I, you know, personally, not everything, you know, not everything, don't want to. And sometimes I'll think, is that really weird? Am I doing the wrong thing? Should yeah. I be doing it this way? And for somebody else who might be feeling the exact same way, it's good to know that you you can deal with it whichever way you feel comfortable Absolutely, dealing yeah. with things. So it's not just, it's not like a deal with it on yourself, you can't talk to anyone kind of mindset. It's just a, if you like to work through things because that's what motivates you and when you get out of it you feel so much better and that works for you, that's great. But again, know that... Yeah, there's always an option. Yeah, and as I said before knowing that you need help is different from knowing that you're beat yes and you know there there's you know all these phrases like there's strength in numbers and things like that you know and they are true 
you know, if, if you get to the point where you feel like you can't do it on your own, that's when you need someone else. And your work colleagues are the best. And yeah, if, if in you, that situation. yeah, exactly. You can you can literally talk to anyone, whether it's us two in our in our what was it younger days, but we're still relatively young. In, in all, I maybe physically <laughs> young, but I think back to me being eighteen, nineteen, and suddenly that feels about sixteen years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you come at me with a vodka Red Bull? I could be sick. <laughs> two completely different people standing on a on a Thursday night or a Friday night in the mm. works and there's no one about just letting out all of life's problems. All of, no rules, no. nothing's off limits, no topic, too far-fetched and there's no age on it either. No. Because I, I, you know, I could tell you every single problem that I have and go and tell Barry the exact same thing and there'd be no difference. And what's great as well if you do say you are talking to your colleagues because everybody's so different say you're in a you're in a friendship group and a lot of the times you know you'd be quite similar you have similar interests when you work with people you don't necessarily have similar interests so you get a good number of perspectives as well and could find something that actually helps you within that instead of just ranting and rambling about things people can end up saying stuff that actually helps so i have to say yes work sucks but the people that I work with are freaking awesome. Do you know what that reminds me of as well? What? Drunk Poetry. Let's get it going, guys. Drunk Poetry is here to stay in Belfast. We're going to get that going. Just us two standing, talking absolute rubbish. That's where we're going to have to end it today. Oh, no, it was so nice to be on. I don't actually want to leave, but I do need to be. Yeah. No, thank you so much for coming on. I think this has been one of my enjoyable ones in terms of just, like, the giggling we've done off mic. And like in between, which no one will hear because of the magical power of editing. <laughs> just blacked out. I don't know what anything. I just star. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to this. And You'll have and to listen back and go. God's name I can't talking remember about. We're talking about that. Did we say that? But no, Catherine. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. And that is everything, guys, for episode seventeen. Later in the week, I'll be back on, and it'll just be me and my lonesome, and I'll be chatting for a half an hour about all things relating to the golf day and stuff and. I'll reveal the, the magical total that we managed to raise for Emerge. Um, but until then, guys, everyone, stay safe. Take pride in everything you do. And remember, you're all superstars. See you later.